You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. All right, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Fraternities Live Community Call. Happy May. This month, we're taking a closer look at the topic of emotional intelligence. And just a reminder to our listeners that early bird membership for the fraternity is open till May 31st. So if you're a man looking to level up or be a part of the most uncommon community of men on this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, I said it. Or a woman who knows a man who would benefit from this community. You can learn more and sign up at theuncommon.com slash membership. Early bird cost is just 29 a month. So for less than a dollar a day, you can make an investment in yourself show up better in every area of your life and hang out with us. We would love to have you. Uh, this morning, we're diving deeper into the topic that is a really a common thread through all six of our uncommon pillars. And we just spent the last six months really unpacking each of those. Um, and this, this skill is really crucial for life in general, and that is emotional intelligence. Um, but before we dive in, I'm going to start how we always do with wins and conundrums. I'd like to start to see if anybody did the family discipleship last week. Yeah. And just like where are they wins are uh, on that specific. Well, I don't have any wins in terms of family discipleship, but I do have a win. Okay. We'll take Let's it. go. <laughs> I was able to fix my car uh, by myself with my wow. own. Whoa. Right. <laughs> with your own hands. Yeah. It felt really empowering. What did you do? Uh, you know, just change the uh, ignition coil. You know, no big deal. Pat <laughs> <laughs> on the back. Impressive. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> How long did it take? Like, yeah, what was the what the process look like? Basically, um, it took literally maybe about ten to fifteen minutes. It was that easy. Wow. What happened? Because you you were missing that one like tool, right? What'd you end up doing there? Oh, my neighbor uh, that lives next to me. Um, he's like, "Hey, I got that tool." He's like, "If you want it, come use it. Just come over." I was like, "All right." And so I just went over there. He gave me the tool, went back, changed it out, fixed it, replaced it, and then it was done. Boom! That was easy. Good on you. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like I've tried to do a car repair one time with a buddy of mine. And then for the next, like, I don't know, two months, I would just like smell something be like, Oh no, is that my car? (laughs) (laughs) Did I do that? (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. It's always nice to prove to ourselves that we're capable of doing something we've never done. And just the whole like DIY thing. And then you kind of weigh it up with like trading your time for, you know, just doing it yourself. Like how, how long is this going to take me to like figure mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. got in there and took care of business. Good job. Yeah. I was, I was like kind of categorize it of like, okay, 
I can either save myself a lot of money or really screw myself up and have to pay a lot more money. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking. (laughs) So good. But then afterwards, I was like, man, if I can do this. What can't I do? Yeah, I was like, let's go to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just build your own rocket ship. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. No, that's a great, that's a great win. It's a, it's an empowering thing. So good, good for you, Orion. How about you, Tom? Any, any wins this week or conundrums? Not that I can think of. I'm sure they are. I just drawing a blank right now. Yeah. We had May basket day. felt like that was a win for our family. So uh, we had a whole bunch of May baskets and in Ankeny, I don't know what the tradition is, but like I did it when I was a child, you go and you ring the doorbell. You put like some May baskets on somebody's front door. You ring the doorbell and you run. And if they catch you, they have to kiss you, I guess. I don't know if that's really a thing, but that's what we tell people. And so my kids get really serious about it and they love it. But then at dinner, I always like try to make it a, I don't know, tradition to try to get them something fun, do some kind of May baskets and then put it. Cause my dad did it and it was impactful for me. So anyway, so we're sitting at dinner and they're like, dad, did you get us one? And I was like, well, Totally not. I did not get it one. So I just kind of like kind of skirted it around and then we ended up changing the subject. But then I went to Hy-Vee and got a truckload of candy and like fun stuff and then put them in buckets, like huge buckets. Dude, I <laughs> and, saw uh, those baskets in your kitchen. They were the real deal. Yeah, see? And so um, they got back from lacrosse practice and then they were sitting in a... Uh, in the kitchen and i snuck out and then hit the doorbell and man it was on it was so fun so that was a win i think they really enjoyed it so yeah may basket day yeah phil you could have just been like well there's always next year but yeah yeah you know you just right. adapted but, and still did it and didn't they one of your kids say it was like the best one for sure yeah oakley was laying in bed he's like that was the best that was the best May basket day ever. I was like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I got through it together in 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 the, the L turned into a W. <laughs> in a matter of like 25 minutes, I was like, oh shoot, I gotta figure this out. So going back to the uh the family discipleship plan thing. Yeah, just a a reminder that will be a good thing if you can to print or download, just take some time. That was kind of like the task for last week. Take some time, maybe this week or this weekend, um, just look over it and even just have a conversation with your wife of, of what you guys would want to create as a plan for family discipleship. And I think one of the questions was even asking her like, what did this look like for you growing up? Mm. Um, and yeah, just see how that conversation goes, pray over it. And then maybe together determine what's that first step that we can take yeah. Okay. Let's jump into it. So, uh, thought the best thing to do today, we haven't done this for a while, but just like get quick updates on your goals, um, up for the year. Uh, and luckily Ryan has written them all down. So if you've forgotten them, you're still not off the hook. <laughs> we got them. And yesterday, Ryan and I just did a fun podcast about just having smart goals. We've all heard of that. Just specific, measurable, obtainable, relevant and time specific. Um, and so we thought we would go through just today talking about them, obviously identifying, creating those, but then going through those of like, okay, is it 
are they smart goals or, or could we tweak them a little bit more to help us give us a little more direction and vision? Um, can anybody like, let's just start here. Think of a time where they've had a goal, they were smart and you got through it and felt like a sense of accomplishment, or maybe you've had a goal and they weren't smart and you just kind of felt meh, but yeah, I'd love to give you guys some time to just talk through that. Cause I think it's interesting when you think about goals. John seems like a person that sets goals, but he's also with his kids. So he's, he, he's been daddy this morning, but I, I can chime in real quick. The sinks off now, but uh, I, I'm really good at setting goals and like writing things down mm. and then looking at them for like the next two days and then totally forgetting about it and just getting mm. lost in life again. Um, Cause I'm always listening to, you know, personal development podcasts and books and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And it's not even like a beginning of the year thing, but um, like I'll, I'll start working on it and then to just totally lose track of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's a normal no, thing. I, like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't blame my ADHD or use it as a crutch, but it's definitely a factor in my life. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm hyper-focused on this thing right now at two o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. Um, after I've done hours of research about something I, I, <laughs> I, I previously knew nothing about. Um, mm. and then it's like, Oh, well now it's done. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the thing that helps me the most is since I'm not good at like, like consistently following a, a plan, like, long-term um because my brain loves structure but then it hates to be in it if that makes any sense um Mm -hmm. like it loves the idea of it um but if it's not like a forced structure then it just like falls by the wayside but uh Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if that makes any sense yeah that's good you can relate to that it's kind of like a it's like a dog who sees a squirrel chases it but then there's like (laughs) 20 other squirrels running in different directions (laughs) oh man that's the story of my life (laughs) <laughs> Which squirrel do I want to chase? Um, yeah. And some of those squirrels are really important, like my wife and kids and, you know, like keeping my job. <laughs> right. Kind of one thing that we talked about yesterday on the show was just creating like identity-based goals. So mm-hmm. that align with our core values. So that's always a good place to start. But the reason we we want to make identity-based goals is like the idea of like achieving a goal let's say you want to run a marathon. That's like an outcome-based goal. It's like, I want to, I want to train for this marathon and run it. And then you do, there might be you know, a sense of achievement or satisfaction, but I think a lot of people also feel like a sense of letdown or like the question of like, well, now what do I have to train for a bigger race or do I have to run another marathon or do I even want to run anymore? Mm-hmm. And so kind of reframing that goal of like, I want to be the type of person who is a runner and then training and running for a marathon is just a part of that overall identity-based goal. So then mm-hmm. when you run the marathon, it's like, cool, I'm still going to run because I'm a runner, but I don't have to necessarily do another marathon. Does that kind of mm-hmm. help clarify? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think even just as we create goals, instead of asking like, what am I trying to achieve? More so like, who am I trying to become? Because we're we're all yeah. about like who are the men that we are are aspiring to be, 
So instead of like, Hey, I want to get in shape. I want to exercise. It's like, no, I want to be a man who lives an active and healthy life by dieting and running at least 20 miles mm-hmm. per week. So, right. Yeah. Like that. I'll give you my quick updates and I have a couple, but, um, pray with my wife every week. That's been going really well. Um, I've got kind of a running journal that I write down every, every week of what we're praying for. So it's been good. Um, my, uh, fasting two times or 48 hours every month. That's been uh, good. This last month was a hot mess. I was just a mess, but, uh, this month is coming back. And then, um, my rowing 2,600 miles, or I'm sorry, no, 1 million meters rowing that's on track. And then my pull-ups, uh, 2,600 pull-ups are on track. So I feel pretty good right now. Like I feel this, this is what I feel, honestly. Like, I feel like I'm going to totally achieve it this year. And then I'm kind of like already dreading like, well, what's next year? <laughs> it's just a weird psychological uh, thought, but like, I'm like, I'm in the, I'm in a good spot. So like what you're saying, Ryan, of like, okay, well, what's the overarching goal? Well, I want to be healthy. I want to be spirit led and I want to pursue my wife. Like those are the things, those are the yeah. things that I'm doing now this year to do that. Um, so those are my goals. There's my update yeah. quick. <laughs> no, that's good. I think even what you shared, just like dreading next year. I think a lot of people feel that way when it comes to goals. Cause I think there's just like this unspoken pressure of like, well, if I achieve this one, then I've got to like do something bigger and better next year. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. If we're more focused on just like our identity and who we're trying to be, like we could do something completely different or we could maintain all the, I'll actually share the goals that you guys shared. And then maybe we can, whoever wants to volunteer, we can even just kind of do a little group exercise of like, all right, is this a smart goal? How might we tweak it to make it uh, more so? And I can I can start with mine. So the goal that I had was around uh, devotional time with my wife. So how I wrote down the goal is I will grow as a godly husband by leading my wife in weekly devotional time where we study God's word, have intentional conversation, and pray together. So is this a smart goal? Uh, is it specific? And you guys feel free to be like, I think you could kind of push a little further in this area. But I tried to make it specific, you know, saying like exactly what we're going to do, um, studying the word, having an intentional conversation, praying together. And we do that. Um, is it measurable? It's kind of hard to measure. It's right. like spirituality. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not like it's like an eight on the spirituality scale or anything like that. But is it attainable? Yes. Like, it's not super challenging for us to prioritize that time once a week together. Is it relevant? Absolutely. Like our, our spiritual life is first and foremost, but it also is an investment like in our marriage, in our intimacy, um, our friendship, and then time specific, like once a week, I, I guess I could make it more specific by saying uh, on Thursday evenings, because that's when we plan to do it. So if I said once a week, but we never really specified the time, like, what do you guys think would happen? <laughs> I think you push it off. Yeah. I think just like stuff would take its place because, you know, stuff happens. So mm-hmm. is there any way 
were you guys after me reading that, like see how that could be more of a smart goal or any, any ways I could change it or any questions you guys have? I mean, I'm sure it could be more specific, but it's hard to do that when you're talking about discipleship, you know, um, yeah. and more measurable, like, well, you know, what, what are you measuring? Like, I, I don't know. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. Okay. I can share your guys' goals real quick. And then if, if anybody wants to kind of be, be a guinea pig, uh, we can do that. So John, your goal was to have bi-weekly dates with your wife. You also said generous giving, but let's just focus on the bi-weekly dates with your wife, Laura. Orion, yours was to connect with your dad, which, dude, you did. and yeah, Nailed it. We love to, yeah, even hear update on that. You said focus on your mom, sister, father, repair relationships. And then specifically even just like uh, proposing to them to do like family counseling. And then Tom, your goal is to love your wife in her love languages, which is words of affirmation so does anybody want to talk through their goal or have an update on their goal yeah um i started to have uh, some weekly conversation with with uh, my sisters and that's going well uh, one thing for me to make it attainable i have to have it like set scheduled like hey every monday every wednesday at this time we're going to meet we're going to talk um, because if I don't, if I, I kind of leave like, hey, we'll just call each other every week, then it becomes, it, it won't happen, basically. Mm-hmm. So just really just setting like, hey, on this day of the week, at this exact time is when we'll, we're, we're going to talk. Um, so that really has held me accountable to uh, making sure that I follow through and also being able to, uh, you know, make sure that I'm really being in. Uh, intentional about restoring those relationships. Um, and now that my mom and my sister are coming up, I already spoke with them about doing uh, like some family counseling sessions and they are abo- on board and agreeing uh, with that. So uh, I guess you guys can pray for me that, you know, once they do move up here, that those counseling sessions are really healing for all three of us and that uh, it just really grows our relationship with each other. Uh, Cause there's a lot of things that we got to uh, work through. So. Awesome. When are they uh, planning on moving up here? Uh, I think in June. Okay. So pretty soon. Yes. You got mm-hmm. like a month, month or so. Yeah. So what's a, do you have like a goal as far as timetable? Cause you know, the T in the smart is like time specific. So do you have a goal along the lines of by what date you hope to find? I don't know if you've already been looking for a counselor, if you already have someone in mind, kind of when are you hoping to find somebody and when are you hoping to start? That's a good question. I don't, um, I'll probably just start looking for some Christian counselors in the area. So, Mm -hmm. and, and that's a question I was thinking about too, like, do you go to a Christian counselor or do you go to like somebody who is licensed in like marriage, family and therapy counselor? You see what I'm saying? It'd be great if the person was a marriage and uh, therapy, right. That could, you know, understand and also give you biblical truths of like, Hey, here's some things you want to take a look at. Here's some things in God's word. 
that could help. Right. So, all right. Are they all Christians? Your mom and sister? Yeah. Okay. So I would do this. Cause it's like, as soon as you start honing it down, I think it's, it's just harder to find a counselor. I feel like counselors are in high demand right now. So I would like, I would probably go after both Christian counselor and a family counselor and just see who has openings, you know, like, so it gives yourself a little bit more and then just like be praying about it. Like God, I'm just praying and asking that we get in front of the right counselor. That's, you know, going to be able to unpack some of the stuff. That's usually what I try to do instead of narrow it down. Like I need a family Christian counselor. Like, okay. And maybe that's super easy. I don't know. But uh, I think the more, I don't know, flexibility, I guess you'd have would be better. Um, That's what I would say. And then, you know, be praying about it, that God would open up the right doors. That's my advice. And I would say now sooner than later would be better. I feel like when I hear somebody going and interviewing counselors, it's like, oh yeah, we can get you in six months. Maybe not all of them, but you know, like it just seems like they're in high demand. So I think like even June, like dude, moving is real. Like, so it's pretty stressful. So I even say like July, like say like a July first part of July, you know, would be a, a pretty good timetable. And I think it would be really thoughtful for your sister and mother. Like, it's not like, and we moved in, we're going to counseling. Like, <laughs> maybe <laughs> put that box down. We got to go. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's a good, that's yeah, a good, that's good advice. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but I definitely commend you for taking those steps and having those conversations and really being a, an agent of, of change and growth in your family. Like, you're definitely creating legacy with the work that you're putting in. And yeah, I think similarly with how we just kind of would ask you updates on how it was going with reach connecting with your dad, we can, can, you know, do the same thing with, Hey, how's it going with finding a counselor and yeah, coming up with a specific day to meet. That's what we're all about. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Good job. Dude, I'm excited yeah. for that. You're doing a lot. I like it. So yeah, we probably have time for maybe one more uh, of you guys to to share if you'd like, either Tom or or John. Do you have, as we kind of been talking through this, is anything kind of coming to the surface uh, with your own own goal? I guess I'll go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to you know work work on words of affirmation. I suck at it, to be honest. Like I just. Like it goes through my head, but it doesn't like come out of my mouth. So I've been trying. I, you know, I, I could do better, but I think it's, you know, when you live a certain way and you don't think about it, you know, it's really hard to make that a, a that as a habit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, but we went on a date last Friday, so that was good. And we, we saw a movie, so it felt like the dating years again. Like, oh, this is fun. Good for you. So. Yeah. Would it help for you, Tom, to like, because words of affirmation, like write down like 20 things that you're thankful for, for Audrey. And so you would have those things like already pre-populated a little bit, like, you know. Yeah, I it know. would. Yeah, that's something I've been doing actually is, you know, 
every morning I just say, what are five things I'm thankful for today? And mm. it changes every day. Like, and it's the littlest thing, like I'm thankful mm-hmm. for a good cup of coffee. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, just a little thing. So yeah, I should do that for my wife. So that it becomes yeah. more in your head. Right. Yeah. I like what Phil shared about writing things down. I think that's a good way to just obviously put it on paper, articulate what's in our heart instead of in the moment, kind of trying to find the words that can be difficult. And I think back to when my wife and I were, you know, dating, engaged and first married, like we would write each other notes pretty frequently. And, you know, honestly, that's kind of tapered off in five years of marriage still do from time to time, but, uh, it's just such a, yeah, that was good. A good exercise for me to do. It just was a way for me to, I don't know, something about like you went on the elevate experience and you got letters from loved ones. Like there's something about getting something in writing. And I think for the person writing it, it gives them license to say like how they truly feel. And so, yeah, I would definitely just second Phil's advice and encourage you in, in making that a practice. Um, however, however you want to do it, it could be like, Hey, we're going to go on a date this weekend. So I'm going to have like a little, little like letter or note. Um, another idea is I did this for Victoria a couple months ago where I just had like maybe 20, uh, post-its and I just wrote on each one, like something about her that I was thankful for. And then I just like hit them throughout the house. And so that day she was just like finding them. So how do, how do we just get a little creative in expressing, you know, our, our love and appreciation for our wives with our words. Awesome. Well, hopefully that was a a helpful exercise. Again, we want to focus on making smart goals and we want them to align with our identity. And I think just as we, we think of goals and even kind of what John shared of, I'm really good at coming up with goals but I'm just as good, if not better, of kind of falling away from them, you know, after a little bit of time. I think when we attach our goals to like the question of who is the man that I'm trying to become, at least for me, that makes me much more motivated to like stick with it. But it also just like takes the pressure off of having to make some like big audacious goal, achieving it, and then coming up with something even bigger. Cause I realize like my growth as a man is just a process over the rest of my life. So there might be times where the goal is kind of a bigger, more audacious thing, but more often than not, it's just like, how am I just showing up consistently every day? Does that help? Hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So in these last uh, 10 or so minutes, we'll get a little bit into the, our content on emotional intelligence. So even just kind of asking the question of like, what's happening beneath the surface in regards to like our bodies and minds you know, in our, our spouses, bodies and minds and our kids. So one question is just like, how familiar are you guys with EQ? Have any of you ever studied it? Have you read any books on it? What's been, been your journey, if anything? You may have to get into it before I say, oh yeah. Yeah. We're pretty, pretty green. Yeah. yeah I, think. I, I think I have some experience with it. Um, there is a book, I think it was called, uh, emotional spiritual maturity emotionally healthy spirituality yes okay that's yeah, what yeah, yeah yep you've read yeah. that one yes nice yep 
Yeah, I've it's, read that too. And I, I uh, lent it to Matt to, to borrow it. So, um, but yeah, very good book. Basically the subheading is like, you can't be a spiritually mature while being like emotionally immature. Right. So, and yeah, the grace of God, you know, definitely matures us in every area. So no, that's awesome. So basic question, what is emotional intelligence? Basic definition. It's also referred to as EQ. I think it's quotient and like you hear IQ intelligence quotient. So, but EQ, the ability to use emotions effectively for relating to people, sustaining drive and making optimal decisions. So EQ can be summed up by the following. It's ability to label and identify emotions. So most of us experience hundreds of emotions every day, but we can only really identify a few of them. So the average person also underestimates like the number of emotions that other people feel. So just kind of getting into that topic of uh, empathy. The second part is the ability to feel emotions. So while it's easy to feel positive emotions, most people will subconsciously suppress negative emotions rather than allow themselves to feel them. I think of the movie Inside Out and how like the whole movie, like sadness was like told to just like go away. But spoiler alert, sadness is like a really important emotion for the the main character in that movie. So just how do you like let yourself feel and just even realizing like emotions aren't good or bad. They just are. And high EQ individuals are able to feel the emotions of others. So again, empathizing. And then the third point is the ability to understand why we are having certain emotions. High EQ individuals can dive beneath the surface to find the root cause of their emotions, which is really important. So to recap that, EQ is comprised of the abilities to label, identify, feel, and understand emotions. A question for you guys, like, just on a basic level, what are some reasons you guys think most men probably neglect emotional intelligence? I don't, I don't know if everyone else kind of feels the same way, but I feel like for our generation, and by our, I mean, like, the very front end of the millennials, um, you know, upper, upper thirties or younger. Um, it seems like emotional intelligence is, was like a new thing for men. Um, right. Like men through the generations, you know, we, we've had to be more like emotionally supportive and stuff. And not that my dad wasn't that, but I think it just looked a lot different. And the expectations on men are kind of changing through the decades you know, where in the past, you know, not necessarily like in the fifties, but like the man was just the breadwinner. He came home and that was kind of, you know, the bulk of his interaction with the family um, where now it, it feels more like we're supposed to be, you know, much more emotionally supportive and a bunch of other things that I, I don't know if it was necessarily modeled well for me or ever really spoken about. So it, it seems like a, a new thing for me. Um, especially like empathy um my sister the counselor <laughs> says that that uh especially in the past I, i've gotten better but like my empathy towards other people was almost non-existent right because uh, i guess i don't really appreciate it like i don't want people to feel bad for me um i don't know if any of that makes any sense yeah yeah do you guys resonate with with what john shared yeah yeah, I do feel like, you know, as as men, as guys, or as me as growing up, 
was never really taught how to express emotions, how to identify emotions, uh, or even, you know, like you said, find the root cause, well, why am I feeling this way? Um, or why am I expressing my emotions this way? You know, we were just taught to, you know, toughen up, you know, uh, for me, for, that's for me anyway, um, which is really unhealthy because, you know, we are emotional beings and creatures because the way God created us, um, not to say that we are to be driven and led by our emotions, but we do have them. So, yeah, I would say I agree with both of you. It's just like the previous generation was meant to be, you know, the man supposed to be, you know, flat emotion, you know, not a whole lot going on in the woman's you know, up and down, up and down, and the men supposed to, you know, take care of that or, like, be the, the stability, but then you realize, oh, you know, men have emotions too. So, it, yeah, I agree with a lot of you guys. Like, Yeah, that's that's great input. I think historically it's been viewed as, like, a sign of weakness, like an emotional man. And it's like, again, we don't – the goal isn't to be – hyper emotional um i think we can still be even keeled like not get too high not get too low but that still leaves us room to have emotional intelligence i think emotional intelligence will actually empower us to not be too high or too low because we're able to process things in a healthy way in real time yeah i think some other reasons is just like yeah lack of public awareness education it it, uh, historically it Hasn't I think it's only been in kind of recent years and, and decades that this has kind of come more to the forefront. So there's more information about it. There's more people promoting it. Um, I think uh, it can be difficult to understand. Like emotions just kind of seem like this nebulous thing. So the idea of trying to understand EQ can be intimidating, at least for me. Uh, I think another misconception is maybe it's just boring. <laughs> so we don't understand like why it is important, how it will benefit us. It's like, Oh, I just, I don't know that I really have an interest in understanding emotions, but it's actually can be a very fascinating topic as we'll, as we'll see. And then maybe some of us, like we already think we're emotionally intelligent because we're willing to talk about feelings, but where EQ comes in is it goes further into like, what are the specific skills and mindset that will actually empower you to, not just like talk about feelings, but really understand your emotions, um, have empathy towards others, help them be able to process, which I think is just going to really elevate us in our marriages, in our parenting, um, in all of our relationships, really. So um, looking at, you know, kind of a basic understanding of EQ, some of the things that can benefit us in our relationships is just with, with, applying emotional intelligence is becoming better communicators. Um, John, you kind of touched on empathy. And I think you said something to the effect of like, you don't want people to necessarily feel sorry for you. So why would you necessarily feel that towards them? And I think the distinction that is made is like the difference between empathy and sympathy, Um, sympathy, feeling kind of quote unquote, sorry for people. Whereas empathy is is more so just like allowing yourself to feel what they feel, but not necessarily feeling like sorry or pity, but rather like, hey, this is how you feel. I think of like the book of Job 
And like the first thing they did when they visited him is they just sat with him. I think he said for like seven days in silence. And I feel like that is like such a good picture of empathy. Like they weren't there trying to, at least initially, they weren't there trying to like solve it or come up with the solution. They were just there with him. I think that's a good picture of, of empathy, if that makes sense. So we'll kind of wrap up with just looking at like, why is EQ important? How can it increase like overall life satisfaction? And then we'll just save uh, the rest for, for next week and we'll kind of get uh, deeper into some of this stuff. But yeah, studies show that high EQ can result in better performance across different facets of life. So we talk about our uncommon pillars, like having emotional intelligence is, is definitely going to elevate us like in our work in our health and fitness relationships, money, because generally speaking, like the best decisions result from a high IQ as well as EQ. We don't ever want to be led solely by logic or solely by emotion. Like we want to have a good balance of both. Uh, Having more control over our reactions and responses to people and circumstances, like that's just going to help our interpersonal relationships. That's empowering. And then The last one is that EQ is foundational for healing toxic stress. So toxic stress is, is the result of like unprocessed hurtful experiences, uh, whether from like shallow or broken relationships, unmet expectations, dysfunctional or toxic environments. Oftentimes those are like our workplaces or even just like pressures from other people. So as a result, every time that topic is like brought up, that person will likely feel residual stress. So an example would be like, if your child fails to make the basketball team, then this could result in toxic stress that causes them to feel like negative emotions. Anytime like basketball is brought up in conversation or it's on TV, there's just kind of a residual effect and toxic stress can cause shallow relationships, low trust in others, an inability to be truly excited or passionate about your pursuits, a lack of motivation to dream about your future. So We'll kind of end with this question. When you guys think of stress, like what are some of the causes of stress in your own life? For me, committing to decisions either well in advance of like when things need to be figured out. Um, For example, like school registration. Um, Since our kids go to a private school, like we got to register for school in August all the way back in like February or March. Um, and just with some of the financial stuff we're trying to figure out right now with the school, like there's a possibility we might not be there. So, you know, but we don't even have summer time to figure it out. And then the other thing, um, thinking back to like COVID to some of the families who like went and like went out and lived in a camper, you know, and went around the country, like not knowing what the end, um, you know, might hold like how are well are things going to turn out or, you know, would they go really poorly? And uh, and then you, you know, maybe out uh, a bunch of, you know, money financially or, or some other thing. Um, so just like having like unknown situations that exist out there somewhere. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like just having to kind of plan for the future and not be sure of what the outcomes are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would echo that too. It's like, you know, uh, just the unknown, the fear of the unknown uh, really causes stress and anxiety because you, me, I start to go to the worst possible outcomes. Um, and that's a lot to do with uh, my upbringing and stuff like that as a child. Um, and yeah, that, that really is a stressful part. That's why I, mean, I guess that's what really caused me a lot of stress in my life is the fear of the unknown. Yeah. How does our faith, you know, in, in Christ, like speak into our, our fear of the unknown and just how we kind of navigate that? Yeah. Um, uh, for me, I say my faith in this is the faithfulness of God. If I take the time to look back over my life, I can see all that God has provided and that, that God has done, how God has come through, has been proven to be faithful in those moments and remind myself that if he was faithful then, then he'll be faithful now and then he'll be faithful also in the future in the unknown, right? Um, where the Bible says, uh, I will supply all of your needs, cast all your cares or your anxieties on me because I care for you. Those reminders is like, that's helpful for me mm-hmm. because I will, I will spiral quickly like, oh, everything's going to crap, you know, and God, or I have to remind myself like, no, that's the lie from the enemy. What does God say? What is truth? And lean into the truth and rest in the truth of what God says. Amen. Yeah. I don't have anything better that I'm going to say than that. (laughs) That's awesome. We're at, we're, yeah, we are at time for today. Next week, we'll look at even kind of just answering that question. Like what is happening beneath the surface? Like what are the specific chemicals that are, are happening both good and bad? And what are some of the things that we can do to really kind of increase like the, the good, healthy chemicals in not just our lives, but the lives of our loved ones. And what are the things we can do to kind of decrease those negative chemicals and just some specific skills to manage stress and form deep bonds in our relationship and really elevate our emotional intelligence. So action steps for today, again, go ahead and take a look at the, I know we're not in fervent faith month anymore, but we're obviously still practicing our faith. That doesn't change. So take a look at the family discipleship plan and just have a, have a five minute, 10 minute conversation, you know, with your wife. And I I would love to hear one person share uh, an update on our next call. And then there is, if you're interested, there's an app called in love while parenting it's free and it really will walk you through this content on a deep and practical level. It's got great videos, really explains just a lot of what we're going to be looking at with emotional intelligence. So if you kind of want to do some additional learning, feel free. Um, I did post a couple of their videos on our community site. And then the last thing is uh, Phil and I would love for each of you to make a list of like two or three men that you can uh, just invite to check out the community. Like I said, we're doing our early bird uh, membership deal this month. So I'll post the link in the community site, but yeah, if there are a couple guys that come to mind, like we're definitely wanting to grow this and want this to be a space where just more men can learn these skills and mindset and we can all grow together. So with that, I will bid you do in an uncommon day and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys. 
Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.